me yet because hello <laughs> yeah it's pastor Stu here and this is sunday night local welcome it's the 25th of october and we are in for a treat tonight because we are broadcasting from the empower center and here are our friends here at the empower center <laughs> yay we discovered something tonight because obviously being together we're just learning this is our first night of being in person and uh, we've discovered that um, obviously we can't sing out loud but we can sing in our hearts but we also discovered that we can clap and Paula discovered that she can jump around and dance as well I saw that happening over there so I'm just going to pop you up here Thank you for joining us on Sunday Night Local tonight. Don't worry, I haven't disappeared. I'm coming back. Okay. Ta-da! So I'm mostly going to speak to the in-person people here, um, but I will, as much as I can, also address the camera too uh, for the hundreds of people that are watching the live broadcast tonight and also for the thousands that are going to catch up with it afterwards. Um, so uh, welcome, welcome to Sunday Night Local, welcome to Sunday Night Local. As the weeks go on, I, I want to encourage you to keep coming on a Sunday night because as the weeks go on I think we're going to find our flow and I'd also like to encourage you to, to enthuse about this to other people in our church family because um, for me I want to fill every seat that's available in this place. So, so the idea is we can get 66 people in this room um, in the way that the chairs are set out. There'll be pairs of chairs that side as well to maximise, but we didn't need to do that tonight. So as, as we continue over the next few weeks, let's enthuse about this. When this goes on, uh, on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, make sure you share it and like it and, and let other people know that they should really come here on a Sunday night. So if you're watching online, Obviously, uh, you're either watching online because you are isolating, you don't want to be here, that's absolutely fine. But again, let's get the word out and make sure people know what's going on. So we are, this is week six of, no, this is week one of Sunday Night Local in person. Week six of the Fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, first week was in the introduction. Then we had love. So you can't repeat, I was going to ask you to say what we've got. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. This is week six, this is week seven. Ooh. Um, goodness tonight is what we're going to be talking about. So this is the sixth aspect of the fruit of the spirit, week seven of the, the series. So that's gone quicker than I thought. Um, then you're in for a treat next week because next week we're going to be talking about faithfulness. And it's not going to be me. It's going to be one of the most faithful people that I know um, when it comes to just being a wonderful woman of God and serving God. Um, I don't know anyone who is, is more faithful. It's Philippa. Philippa's going to be sharing on faithfulness next week. And after that, we're going to have Nacho again sharing on gentleness. And we're going to have Sean Finch sharing on self-control after that. So we've got some great weeks of teaching lined up. So make sure you join us online or in person for that. So tonight we're going to be talking about goodness as um, an aspect of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And probably if you're here tonight and you've not actually 
caught any of these teachings yet on the fruit of the Spirit, you're probably going to want to go back and listen to the rest of them after tonight. That's my expectation um, of how brilliant this is going to be this evening. So uh, I can't even see if you're smiling at me because you've all got your masks on. <laughs> That's a joke, by the way. Uh, right, so, so let's, just, um, let's just start by praying. That's a good thing to do. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you, Father, that you would speak um, directly into our hearts and that as we listen to your word tonight, Lord, that you would, uh, you, you would do a work within us, Lord, to cause us to grow and to become everything that you desire for us to be. We want to be people that display the character of Christ in every aspect of our life. And I pray, Father, that we would just take another step closer to that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, first of all, I just want to ask the question, what is goodness? So last week we talked on kindness. Um, kindness is um, about having a kind heart and doing kind things. Um, it's uh, kind of displayed through acts of generosity, acts of helps, um, hospitality. It's displayed through compassion or mercy. That's what kindness is. But goodness is different to kindness. The word goodness in Galatians 5.22 is a translation of the Greek word, are you ready for this? Agathosune. Agathosune. That's a Greek word. And it um, describes uprightness of heart and life, moral goodness and the expression of this. So this is talking more about um, goodness, which is different to kindness, in that it's to do with righteousness or moral goodness, moral uprightness, and how that can be displayed in our lives, and also how we bring that goodness to a fallen world that we live in. So the starting point today is this, to know that God is good. He is the source of goodness. He is righteous. He is perfect in every single way. And in him, he is the light of the world. He is light. There is no darkness in him whatsoever. And he's our absolute standard of right, rightness or righteousness, okay? So God is good. God is good. So we're not talking so much about doing good things. We spoke about that last week when it came to this kindness aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. Tonight, we're talking about God is good. He is light. He is righteous. He is perfect in every way. And so I want to know, so if God is good, how do I live in that goodness and how do I display that to the world? Right. So 1 John 1 verse 5 from the New Living Translation says this. Oh, we can do scriptures, can't we, in, in following weeks? Probably Andy isn't quite ready for that tonight yet. But that's a good idea, isn't it, Andy? Yeah, thumbs up. Um, so 1 John 1 verse 5 says, This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So um, hold up, uh, with your fingers, hold up the number, uh, the percentage of darkness that there is in God. <laughs> okay, just want to interact a little bit, just make sure you're listening. Right, so in him there is no darkness whatsoever, right? James 1 verse 17 in the New King James Version says this, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So it's very clear here that everything about God is good, it's perfect, and uh, everything that is good and perfect comes from God 
and there is no shadow of turning in him. There's, there's, you can't change that. That's who God is. I, I keep wanting to say amen. <laughs> yeah, if I say amen, just nod. Amen? <laughs> uh, don't shake your heads because that really put me off badly. And um, this morning we had a wonderful message from Pastor Andy, didn't we, about Jesus being the good shepherd. That's who Jesus is in our lives. Um, there was a song that came into my heart as Pastor Andy was, was preaching this morning. Shepherd of my soul. Um, it's an old Baron Arthur music one. Yeah, I go back that far. And it goes, Shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. Wherever you may lead, I will follow. I keep forgetting to look at the camera. Hope you're enjoying that song. I have made the choice to listen for your voice. Wherever you may lead, I will go. There's another part to it, which I can't really remember. But um, we make the choice to follow his voice because he is our good shepherd. And we know that his intention for us is good, that God is good. If you follow him, you're following the light. And then another verse for you, Matthew, 4, uh, sorry, Matthew 5, verse 48. This is an interesting one. Jesus says to the crowd who are following him, you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So God is perfect in every way. He is good. He is light. In him there is no darkness at all. There is no shadow of turning. And then Jesus comes along and says, your Father is perfect, now you be perfect as well. I'm like, oh wow. I remember when I first, that first kind of heard it preached. I was like, really? How am I going to be perfect? I'm, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But um, actually, um, this is who God says we are. And we're going to just look at that for a moment. So Jesus tells us to be perfect just as God is perfect. Now this is a high calling. In ourselves, we can't possibly achieve the perfection that God has, can we? Um, and that's the trap of religion. Religion tries to walk in God's perfection, but without any internal change. And so it's a frustrating thing to be a religious person because you will never uh, live up to the perfect standard of God that you know that you need to live up to. So religion actually it traps people, it deceives people, it takes them um, along wrong paths. God's way is to bring internal change first and then because of that internal change we can live as God wants us to live. So this, this internal change happens when we receive Jesus, as we know, as our saviour. Our salvation starts by recognising that sin has separated us from our creator, our heavenly father. And that God created us for relationship with him, but because of sin, we lost relationship with God. So... To regain that relationship with God, we repent. We, we turn away from sin and we put our faith in Jesus, who took the sin of the world upon himself and then went to the cross and paid the price for sin. He took the punishment for sin once and for all. And the very moment that we put our faith in Jesus, all of the sin that we ever lived in or carried is forgiven and taken away. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, praise God. And, our, and this internal change takes place. Our, our once dead or, or dormant spirit is made alive to God. We come alive to God. Read Romans 6. It just 
underlines this incredible miracle that takes place the moment you put your faith in Jesus. An internal transformation takes place. The old nature is, is put to death. It's dead, it's buried, we're given a new nature. The very nature of our Heavenly Father who is perfect. And so now we gain this nature from our Heavenly Father. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, lots of you will know this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a... Oh, you can't. <laughs> Fill in the gap in your hearts. He is a new creation. At home, you can say it. He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So every person who has repented and put their faith in Jesus has become a child of God now and carries the DNA, the nature of Father God. We know that God is good. He is perfect. And we, who have put our faith in Christ, have been made perfect, not by our works, but by his mercy to forgive us and his grace to bless us and to make us um, everything that he has called us to be as children of God. What a wonderful thing that is. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Or another translation says to, to take upon himself all of our sin. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. So let's talk about goodness. The righteousness of God. Being made perfect before God. Goodness, so speaking of righteousness, of, of moral perfection, is just one attribute of God's character that is spoken about in Galatians chapter 5. It's part of who God is. It's part of his character. And this goodness was fully revealed in Jesus, and God wants his goodness to be displayed through our lives as well. So Jesus was the, the absolute um, perfect um, example of Father God. He displayed Father God, the character of Father God, perfectly in every single way. And it's God's desire that we would also display his characters. It's our goal as Christians is to display the character of Christ. And this is possible because these attributes of God, including this goodness, this moral perfection, this righteousness was planted in our hearts at new birth. It's part of who we are as children of God who carry the nature of our perfect Heavenly Father. So, the key to living in this and displaying this through our lives, as we've said every week over the last few weeks, is to live from the inside out, to live from our spirit man, and to be in submission to the flow of the Holy Spirit through our lives and then we will display the goodness of God in our lives. So, let's talk about Jesus for a minute. It's good to talk about Jesus. Jesus came into this world carrying and displaying the goodness of God. The moral perfection, the righteousness of God. Let's read about that. John chapter 1, verses 5 to 14. Everyone okay? Okay, good. Yeah, thumbs up. Thumbs up is a good thing too. <laughs> Excellent. Although in some countries I think thumbs up is, is rude, isn't it? Remember Shakespearean plays that I'll bite my thumb at you. That's rude. So don't bite your thumbs at each other. Thumbs up at home? Okay, good. John chapter 1, verses 5 to 14. The light shines in the darkness, 
and the darkness has not overcome it. So when the Bible speaks about God being light, this is speaking about God being good. It's speaking about God being righteous and perfect in every way. So the light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. So that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He just came as a witness to that light. So that was John's job, to prepare the way. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. Just in case you're not with me, this is talking about Jesus. The world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, that he created. But, and he gave them the right to become children of God. Sorry, I've missed a bit. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Children born, not of natural descent, nor of human uh, decision or husband's will, but born of God. And that's what we've just been talking about, that internal transformation. The word, so all the, the, the thoughts, the intents, who God is, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus came into this world to bring the light, the perfection, the righteousness of God, the goodness of God to all humanity. And all who received and received Jesus receive that light and receive that perfection because they become children of God. They now carry the nature of God. The goodness that Jesus carried in his spirit shone like a light in this world. Many rejected him, but others received his light. And praise God, I believe everyone here is someone who has received the light of Jesus. When a person receives the light of the world, when a person receives Jesus, the light of the world, it doesn't just shine on them or even through them. The light of the world is planted within them. I love this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. So here it um, talks about, well it says here, for it's, it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give light, to give the light, let me start again. So it's 2 Corinthians 4 verses 6 and 7, I want you to hear it and I don't want to mess it up. So, okay, ready at home? Here we go. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure, this light, this glory in these earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So again, this is just highlighting the truth that um, we've been given this light, this glory of God, this goodness of God, it's been placed within us, and uh, the excellence of the power, the ability to live in that light, um, isn't our ability, it is the, tr the fact that our hearts have been changed, that this has been placed within our lives, and then we can live in that light. Now Jesus lived in this world, but wasn't of this world, right? Everyone understand the difference? Jesus lived in this world, but he wasn't of this world. 
the light and the goodness that was within Jesus was a greater force than the darkness and the evil that was in the world. When Jesus came into this world, he shone light. And the darkness and the evil in this world couldn't overcome it. Um, the light within him was pushing out with more force than the darkness was, a, was, was pushing in. Um, the, the darkness could not overcome the light of Jesus. Jesus spent much of his time with sinful people. And he faced everyday trials and tribulations and temptations that we face. But Jesus was without sin. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says this, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathise with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet was without sin. Now in the wilderness, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus stood firm against every temptation that tried to um, come his way because he knew who he was. And at the end of Matthew chapter 3, you get a glimpse, um, a very clear glimpse of who Jesus was and who he understood that he was. Now Jesus was the Son of God. He carried the very nature of his Father. He carried the perfection of his Father. He carried the light of God. And he lived from the inside out. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit rather than giving in to the lust of the flesh as he walked on this earth. And when he went into the wilderness, he lived from the inside out from his spirit, um, by the power of the spirit, rather than giving in to the lust of the flesh. In Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, When Jesus had been baptised, he came up immediately from the water. Matthew 3, verses 16 and 17. I realise I'm not leaving long for you to look these up, so um, if you make a note, you can just scribble them down. Um, we'll come back to them later. So, when he had been baptised, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So again, Jesus understood who he was, and because he understood who he was, he was the Son of God, and carried the DNA of God, the light of God, the perfection of God, that's why he was able to live um, as a light in this world and the darkness could not penetrate or overcome that, not, that light. There were even times when the goodness or the light or the righteousness that Jesus carried seemed to compel him to confront evil, to expose darkness, to directly come against sin. So this light wasn't just a kind of a, a little lamp um, that just about lit up his life. Everywhere Jesus went, he brought light to others. Um, and in fact, he directly came against darkness at, at different times, such as in the temple, with the money changes in Matthew 21. Let's just read that, a couple of verses from there. Matthew 21, verses 12 and 13. Then Jesus went into the temple of God, and drove out those who bought and sold in the temple, and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. 
So the light that was in him, the righteousness, the goodness of God, was directly coming against sin um, and uh, darkness in that particular um, scenario. And again in Matthew 23, Jesus confronts the hypocrisy of the scribes and the Pharisees, seemingly compelled to come against the darkness that they were walking in. So Matthew 23, here's just a, a snapshot of what he said to them. The whole chapter is basically him rebuking the Pharisees and the scribes. But in verse 27 and 28 of Matthew 23, he says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You're like whitewashed tombs, which in, indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. That was a harsh rebuke from Jesus, wasn't it? I wouldn't have liked to have been on the end of that, and I pray that I never would be, because uh, I've had this internal change take place in my life. I don't believe I'm living in this, this kind of deception and this kind of religiosity that they lived in. Um, well, I'm not, fact. So, interestingly, in both of those accounts, um, the people that Jesus confronted were those who claimed to be walking in God's light, claimed to be walking in righteous, righteousness. So if Jesus was um, here on earth today, he would, um, he would be going to some of the religious establishments and perhaps rebuking those who are claiming to be righteous and claiming to walk with God but haven't actually... Um, had that internal change, haven't actually repented of their sin and put their faith in Christ. So um, that's interesting, isn't it? That they're the people. That that's how the light, very um, dramatically in those two cases, came against darkness. But when it came to everyday people that Jesus encountered, um, when they were in His presence, when He was close by them, they seemed to become aware of the darkness that they were in. Just everyday people just seemed to become aware of the fact that they were sinners, that they were walking in darkness. And it's like Jesus just shone God's light upon them, but in a very loving and compassionate way, um, not as he did with the hip hypocrites, the Pharisees and the scribes. And Jesus just came and showed them mercy because their hearts were open to receive him. Um, he forgave their sin. He healed them. Blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10 is a great example. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He just kept crying out because he recognised his need for the light of God. He recognised that he was in darkness and needed the light of God. Now, let's bring it home to us now. In the same way that Jesus carried and displayed the goodness of God, that goodness being righteousness, moral perfection, those who are now called children of God, that's us, praise God, also carry God's goodness, his righteousness, his moral perfection, and we have been called to display it through our lives. So when people look at our lives, they should see the goodness of God and be attracted to it, like juicy ripe fruit on a lovely tree on a summer's day. Um, people should want to come and, and, and pick that fruit off of our lives. They should want to come and be close to us because they see the goodness of God displayed in our lives. Now to display God's goodness, how do we do that? Do we just um, decide that we're going to do good things? That we're going to do our best to live according to God's law? 
No, we live from the inside out, just as Jesus did. We live in, from, the, from our spirit man, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we submit to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we resist the lust of the flesh. Um, it's a simple formula, isn't it? Uh, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. What comes first? Submit to God. And that's how we live. Um, that's how the fruit of the Spirit is produced in our lives. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, we too, like Jesus, can live in this world, in this world, but not be of this world. It's a fantastic passage of scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2 as well, which I now want to read, verses 9 to 12. I'm trying to share as many scriptures as Nacho did when he preached on um, uh, uh, peace <laughs> uh, the other week. And I don't think I'm going to quite get there, but um, wasn't it good? I don't know if anyone heard Natchez teaching on peace. I've just thoroughly enjoyed um, this series and, and being a part of this. And uh, Hannah, the first week on love, Natchez on peace, and, and we're in for a treat the next three weeks as well. So 1 Peter 2, 9-12. to says, but you are a chosen generation. This is, this is you that Peter's writing about, that God is speaking to. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So God calls us holy. In Colossians chapter 1, it speaks about us being holy and above reproach. Wow. You're his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvellous light. Isn't that wonderful? We've been called out of darkness and into his marvellous light. Who were once not a people, but now are the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, in other words, people that are just passing through this world, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honourable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. There's a lot to that, but essentially what it's saying is, let's live in the way that God has called us to live, in the goodness of God. Let's display that in our lives. And, uh, and it's a sad fact that, that people in this world are looking... Um, for you to make mistakes. They, they want to have something on you because you claim to be a Christian and Christians are meant to be perfect. And so people are looking for us to make mistakes and, um, and sometimes we do make mistakes and actually sometimes that, um, you know, it can help people that they realise that we are just people. But at the same time, I really believe it's important that we, uh, we tap in to the fruit of the spirit, that we do live from the inside out, that we live from our spirit man. And actually, we don't need to give people any reason or right to say, look at them, they claim to be a Christian. Now look at the way that they're living their lives. Actually, we can live as good, as righteous people um, in this world. And that is a huge witness to the people around us. And we do that not in ourselves, not in our own strength, but by God's grace, by his spirit that is at work in us. So let's be people that walk in the light, in the goodness of God. And Ephesians 5 reminds us that um, goodness is part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit as well. So Ephesians 5, verses 1 to 5. 
verses 8 to 11. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. That's what we're talking about tonight, goodness, righteousness. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. That's interesting, isn't it? So I, I don't want to be someone who claims to be a child of God, who's filled with God's light and filled with God's goodness, but doesn't walk in it. Because that is called hypocrisy, isn't it? And people in our world today are repelled by hypocrisy. That's all that religion can give, give them. And we're not a religious people. We are a people who are in relationship with God. And so we've got to show a, a better way. People are repelled by hypocrisy. And uh, I think it's why Jesus so often came against the, the scribes and the Pharisees in the, in the you know, in the hard way that he did. Christians, in my experience as a pastor, Christians often hide their sin because they know that they're meant to be walking in the light. So, so they hide the fact that there's um, a bit of darkness in this area of their lives, some sin in this area of their lives. Um, and it secretly makes its way in and it becomes like a blanket that just gradually seems to just cover up the light that is within them. And according to Ephesians, the passage that we just read there, we're meant to expose the unfruitful works of darkness. And I believe that starts with us, exposing darkness in our lives. Now, I don't believe that, that light and darkness can mix, so actually, spiritually speaking, we are who carry the light of God. We carry the DNA of Father God. However, we can allow sin in our lives sometimes. We can allow there to be areas of darkness in our lives. And that needs to be exposed and got rid of from our lives. And um, so it starts with us. You know, when, it, when we read that about, um, you know, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. I always think, oh yeah, yeah, God's called me to go into people's lives and show them where there's areas of darkness. But actually it starts with us, doesn't it? We've got to look at ourselves first. Um, so what I would say to you tonight, whether you're watching online or here, um, or catching up afterwards, is if there is anything in your life that is sin or darkness, the best thing that you can do is expose it. Remove it. Replace it with light. And that's what Jesus was doing when he went to the temple, turned the tables over, rebuked the Pharisees. Let's carry on reading in Ephesians 5. So we're just at verse 11 there. It says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. It says then, it says, see that you walk circumspectly. So it means, that means cautiously or wisely. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dis- in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And we know that that uh, passage there is the present and continuous tense. It's be filled now and keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that verse there, verse 18 of Ephesians 5, gives us the key really to living in the goodness and the light of God. And that is to be filled with the Spirit. When we're filled with the Spirit of God, we're empowered personally to walk in the light, to walk in the righteousness, to walk in the goodness of God. And we're empowered to shine that light in the world around us, just as Jesus did. We aren't supposed to keep the light to ourselves. Uh, We said last week, speaking about kindness, you know, God wants our lives to shine his light in this world. So we're nearly finished, but I just want you to um, just just tune into the, the, I guess, the challenge as we come to a a close tonight. Um, So we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to expose any darkness in our lives, but also to be empowered to live in God's light for us personally, but then also to take that light into this world, just as Jesus did. Now in Luke chapter 4, Jesus stood up in the synagogue and he declared his mission. And his mission was a mission of shining light in the world where he was, shining the goodness of God wherever he went. He said this in Luke chapter 4 verses 18 and 19. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He's sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So that was Jesus' mission And we have the same mission as Jesus, don't we? We have the very same mission that Jesus has. We too have been anointed by God to do those things, to to preach the good news of Jesus, to heal those who are sick, to deliver those who are oppressed. We're called to shine the light of Jesus in the same way that Jesus shone his light. So it's vital, therefore, that we're continually filled with the Holy Spirit. That we're empowered and anointed to preach the gospel. It's, it's vital that we're filled with the Spirit so that we can heal those who are sick, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you Don't just um, have an understanding that you're a child of God and you carry his light. But make sure, let's make sure that we're a people who are continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Because actually, if if there's going to be a flow of that light in and through our lives, then that is a work of God's Spirit, isn't it? And Jesus, in the same way that Jesus was empowered, anointed by the Holy Spirit to shine God's light in, in the world, so are we. And so let's, let's make sure that, that um, continually we're asking the Holy Spirit to fill our lives so that we can do the things that God's called us to do. Um, very lastly, um, we read from John chapter 1 
earlier. And um, Jesus was described as being filled with grace and truth. And I believe that um, we as Christians, when we try and shine the light of Jesus in this world, when we take the goodness of God to this world, it's easy to be people who just either just kind of just love people. Um, and um, we, we watched the, um, the Assemblies of God National Conference on Thursday and uh, a preacher by the name of Samuel Rodriguez, who you may have heard of, uh, was one of the, the people that was sharing at the AOG conference. And he said, you know, when you just go with love, it's basically, you know, you're a hippie. You, you're just loving people. When you go just with truth, um, you just, um, you're just kind of telling people what to do. You, 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 you know, you, you're just giving facts, you're giving truth, and, uh, and it's a hard message. Um, Jesus came with grace and truth. Um, we're called to um, speak the truth in love. And, and I believe Jesus had the perfect mix of that. And that's why he was so effective in bringing the light to his world. So let's make sure we're those people. We do love people completely. We do bring truth completely. And God will give us the wisdom to know how to do that in a harmonious way. That we actually reach people, that we win people and bring them into his kingdom as a result of that. And that is all I've got to say on the subject of goodness tonight. So um, what we're going to do... We are going to pray and then uh, the hosting team, which is, uh, thank you Paula and Tunde and uh, Mikey for looking after us very well tonight. Thank you Andy Bullock for being on that computer at the back, making stuff appear on that screen there. Thank you Fergie for doing the sound tonight um, and Svagentino as well for leading us in worship. Um, and. Uh, Oh, by the way, if anyone else wants to get involved with, with hosting on a Sunday night, just let me know. Just send me an email or something. And uh, I've got a couple of gaps still over the next few weeks that I want to fill. So uh, let me know about that. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you that you are a good God. Thank you that your goodness shines like light. Thank you, Jesus, that when you walked in this world... You brought light wherever you went. Thank you, Jesus, that, that you rebuked those who were religious um, and rebuked the darkness out of them. Thank you, Jesus, that you, by your mercy and grace, you brought light to those who recognised their need for you and recognised their need to walk, in, uh, walk out of darkness and into your light. And I thank you, Father, that you would cause us to so shine your light in this world, that people's lives are changed, that they see the goodness of God in our lives and they glorify you, that people are, are drawn towards you, drawn towards your kingdom because of, of seeing the light of God shining in our lives. So help us to do that, Lord. Help us to do that in our everyday lives. Help us to do that Monday through Sunday, every week, God, to shine your light. And I just thank you for our church family. I thank you, Father, for everyone who's here tonight, for everyone who is watching online and also catching up. I thank you, Father, Lord, that something of, of this message, something of the time that we've had together tonight would just stick with them and, and nudge them and, and cause us to 
move towards you and cause us to be the disciples that you've called us to be in all areas of our lives. We commit ourselves to you. God, we commit ourselves to being a people who live from the inside out, who live from our spirit man, who submit to the flow of your spirit in our lives and resist the lust of the flesh. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done, for all you're going to do. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So thank you so much. Thank you for watching online tonight. I think I probably didn't look at you quite as much as I'd hoped to, but... Um, you know, we're still learning. Uh, for those that are here tonight, thank you so much. Um, Paula and team, if you can just release people from the back row, um, just backwards, that would be wonderful. Make sure you take all your belongings with you. And thank you for coming, and we do hope that you are able to come again next week. Make sure you register for each and every Sunday night local that you want to come to, using the link that I will send out about ten times every week. So don't worry about that, you'll get it. God bless you and thank you for watching.